this rebel heart so stubborn and so restless from the start I don't want to fight you anymore so take this rebel heart and make it yours Father I no longer want to run you've broken my resistance with your love drowned it underneath the crimson spill so bend this rebel heart into your Yeah. 
we've strayed from sit at the table come taste the grace there's rest for the weary rest that endures earth has no sorrow that heaven can't cure lay down your burdens lay down your shame your Bibles. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Dakota, thank you, buddy. Awesome. Keep singing for the Lord. Beautiful, beautiful. What a wonderful morning it's been. It's, uh, you know, we don't always know why God is doing what he's doing, but he has a plan. And God is perfect in all that he does. And so much goes on that we don't understand. But uh, I do trust the Lord. When I don't understand, I know he does. And when I don't know which way that I'm going, he does. And so we're going to trust him. And uh, thank you, church, for being so faithful. And I tell you, it took a lot to be here today. Thank you for your dedication this week. What a wonderful revival service we had. And all of the bad stuff that came throughout the week, we battled on. And uh, I believe God got a victory this week. And I know that you enjoyed a blessing. I do want to say last night was a blessing. Thank you, Miss Pat and, and team. Uh, everybody that helped you, it was absolutely wonderful. God is doing some great things around here. I want to ask you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Galatians chapter 6, I was sitting over there, and I said, well, 
I guess being that we don't have church tonight, I can preach two sermons this morning. Is that all right? <laughs> I got some amens and some tears all at the same time. Isn't the Lord good? Galatians chapter 6 and verse 12, the Bible says, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me. Now notice what he said. This is our text this morning. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, give me power to preach your word. Open our hearts to it this morning. Lord, I know we struggled through a lot to get here today. Just bless our souls. I pray that when we leave here today that we can say that it's been good to be in your house. Lord, we need to experience the joy of our salvation this morning. Lord, I love you. And I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on the subject this morning, the marks of a servant. The marks of a servant. And I want you to look here in verse 17 where the Apostle Paul said, For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now the other night in our revival service we heard a sermon similar to this and a mark that we'll talk about in a minute that was given to slaves to denote ownership but if you look there in verse 12 and verse 13 he is taking care of these Jews that have relied so heavily upon the circumcision basically this religion that they had and had been given and this law that they had and their dedication to God was about the circumcision and they thought that as long as they were circumcised and they went through the religious procedure that they had grown accustomed to, they felt like that that was enough that they have sufficiently given themselves to the will of God. And the Apostle Paul actually said that that's not enough. You know, glorying just because you've been circumcised, glorying because you have these minor marks on your body to show the world that you love the Lord is not good enough. And I believe what the Apostle Paul is getting to is simply saying to have a cross around your neck is not good enough. To just tell the world that you love Jesus and that you serve Jesus is not good enough. Just to put the Jesus fish on the back of your car is not good enough. Just to wear the t-shirt that you know the Lord and you love Jesus is not enough. It's not cutting it. He said you can use these physical symbols all you want to justify your love for God, but a few little old symbols is not enough to prove that you're a true servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the Apostle Paul goes and he claims in verse 17, For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. You're relying upon circumcision and little small things 
in my life, I bear the marks. I bear the marks that I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. I went beyond circumcision. I went beyond physical marks. And I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this word mark in the Greek comes from that word uh, stigmata that simply means it is a mark inflicted by a branding iron. Mark that denotes ownership. And so a lot of times if you were here the other night, we heard about a bond slave. And a bond slave is one in that seventh year that has chosen to continue to serve his master. And so when he did this, he would get a hole in his ear in an earring to denote ownership. But before that seventh year ever gets around, when he becomes a slave, this slave was branded with an iron to denote ownership. And so for those six years before they ever get to the place where he has chosen to serve the Lord or serve his master, he's carrying this mark that he got so that everybody knows that he belongs to this master. Now in the seventh year, the earring simply means that he chose to stay. But before then, there was a mark to denote ownership by the master in which he was to serve. And this is the very word that Paul uses, that I bear the marks. When you look at me and you look at my life, you can see that I have given myself to my master, Jesus Christ. I don't just wear the t-shirt. I don't just put on the necklace. I bear the marks. I carry the load. I've given my life that I'm not just a Sunday Christian or a Wednesday Christian. I'm an everyday Christian. That I love Jesus every single day. Let the church go. Let the Baptist go. And me and Jesus is going to be okay. Because I'm going to keep serving the Lord. Paul took his relationship with Jesus far beyond the little things. And he said, I bear the marks. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Boy, isn't that beautiful? When you've seen and you got in the presence of the Apostle Paul, you knew who owned him. You knew who owned him. Now in our flesh we say, well, we won't let anybody own us. Let me tell you something. Somebody owns you. It may be your spouse. It may be your children. It may be your job. It may be your hobby. It may be your addiction. Somebody owns you. Child of God, Jesus ought to own us this morning. The only master that we should have in our life is the Lord Jesus. So what's the marks of a servant? Number one, it's the mark of a surrendered life. The mark of a surrendered life. Notice in verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. He said, you know, the true mark of Christianity is not that you were circumcised or uncircumcised, but a new creature. Isn't that beautiful? I bear the marks of a servant of Jesus Christ because I'm a new creature. Not because of some t-shirt or some symbol, but because he made me and bought me and made me brand new. I've been born again. And the reason that I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus is because I've been born again of the family of God, is what the Apostle Paul said. Now, I want you to look over back in chapter 2, Galatians 2. And you know this verse. I love this verse. The Apostle Paul said in verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now notice what he said. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The marks of Christianity is not circumcision. It's dedicating your life to Jesus Christ. He said, I died to myself and I gave myself to the ministry of Jesus Christ. I have allowed him to become my master and now my life will be ruled by Jesus Christ. And everything I do will be done because he has led me to do it. He is simply saying, I have put myself in submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When I was 13 years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. When I was 20 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. And at the end of the day, that verse didn't really take effect in my life till I was 20 years old. And I had been saved for seven years. And I thought I knew what living for the Lord was. I thought I knew what knowing Jesus was all about until I gave my life to Him. Child of God, He wants more than just your heart. He wants your life. And the mark of a true servant is the mark of a surrendered life. And there's one thing about the Apostle Paul. When you looked at that man and you seen the life he lived, he was sold out to Jesus. You didn't have to question. You didn't have to wonder. And the whole world could go left and go against Jesus. But Paul was going to stay in the same place. He was going to stay right there. He wasn't easily removed. Why? Because he was sold out and committed to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the mark of a true servant. Somebody that is sold out to Jesus. Now I want you to look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If you're with me, say amen. Second Corinthians chapter 11. He said, I bear my body the marks. Now, there is a physical picture that he is drawing here because the Apostle Paul literally had marks on his body because of his love and devotion for Jesus Christ. These Jews were caught up in circumcision when the Apostle Paul had been nearly beat to death over and over and over again because of his love for Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons, in prisons more frequent. In deaths all. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered a shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep. You know sometimes you're scared to death to ask somebody how they're doing? Because you're, you're scared they're going to be honest with you, and they're going to tell you everything. Well, the Apostle Paul is saying, let me tell you what I've gone through. Let me tell you what I've gone through for the sakes of Jesus Christ. And I want to read that again in verse 25. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings, in journeyings often in perils of water, 
and perils of robbers, and perils by my own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, in weariness, and painfulness, and watching often, in hunger, and thirst, and fasting often, in cold, and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Boy, you think we got it rough. This man literally bore the marks of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he would stand up and boldly profess that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And this man was sold out. He was surrendered to that. And every time that he did it, somebody would beat his brains out. And he would fall down and he would get up again and declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And then they would take him and throw him in prison and then he would sing praises all night through the midnight. Amen? And he would continue on preaching that Jesus Christ was the Savior of the world. And then God would get him out of prison. He'd get out and he'd declare that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Somebody else would come along and beat his brains out. You know what we call that today? Insanity. You know what the Bible calls it? A surrendered life. Paul was surrendered to what God had for him in his life. And we look at the life of Paul and we think, man, what a nut. Why would you go through that over and over and over again simply because he was surrendered? He was surrendered. He was committed. That's all that he wanted to do was to live a life for Jesus. Seven years I had gone and I had given my heart to Jesus. Seven years before I would lay down my life for Jesus. I was scared to death. I'd given Him my heart. I'd given Him my eternity. I knew, I knew my eternity was secure. But I failed to wake up every day and say, God, whatever you want from me, that, that's what it will be. But at 20 years old, I finally came to it. And I said, God, let the world go. Let this world do whatever they want to do. But Lord, I'm going to give my life to you. And every day, help me stay focused. Lord, every day, pick me up and just carry me on. And let me tell you something. There's nothing like living a life surrendered to the will of God. Surrendered to what God has called you to do. Now, two things we need to be surrendered to. Number one is the Word of God. If the Word of God says it, that's it. It ought to be your doctrine. It ought to be your life. It ought to be your, mer your moral character. It ought to be your moral code. You don't go by uh, a simple plan because you're a Republican or a Democrat. You're a Christian first. You go by the Word of God. The Word of God should be utmost the first thing that you go by in your life. I don't have to think about a lot of things because the Word of God's already declared it for me. I know what I've got to do because the Word of God has told me to do it. The Word of God and the will of God. I must be sold out to the Word of God and the will of God. Listen, you'll never know the will of God until you're sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. I know His Word because I can open it up. I know His will because the Holy Spirit of God resides within me and will lead me and guide me in my life. Now in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Some of us have never proven how good the will of God is in our life because we've given our hearts without giving our life. 
We've never truly been surrendered to what God has for us. When I was 20 years old, I have never proven in my life the will of God. I said all the time God was good. Why? Because I was raised to say that. Isn't that goofy? Why would you say it? Because that's what Daddy said. Daddy said God's good. But I never truly test, tested and tasted it for myself. I've never proven how good God is. And we talk all the time that God is big and God is great and God is good and God is gracious. But as soon as some little old trial comes along, we flip out. We haven't proven how good God is. Child of God, you surrender your life to Him and you'll see how good God is. The will of God is good for you. It is acceptable for you. It is perfect for you. And some of us have no idea. I had no idea how good God was until I surrendered my life to Him. The mark of a servant is one who has surrendered themselves to the will of God. Do you know why I call the same people over and over and over again when we need something? Because I'm going to call those that are surrendered. I'm going to call those that I know that I'm not going to get this long line. Well, preacher, I can't do it. Preacher, 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 preacher. I love to hear it. I got it, preacher. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. I know who to call. Doesn't that sound terrible? But I know who to call. Because there's some folks that are sold out that no matter what the world is doing, they're giving their life they're giving their attention, they're giving their time to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, it's not good enough just to give your heart. You need to give your life. Aren't you glad that Jesus laid his life down? Aren't you glad that he laid it all down for us? Now, I want you to notice, I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. The first mark we see is the mark of a surrendered life. But notice a mark of a selfless life. Well, I love these verses. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 12. The Apostle Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, persecutor, injurious, but I obtain mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord Jesus, exceeding abundant, with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ, listen now, may show forth all long-suffering, why now? For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. Number two, the mark of a selfless life. The Apostle Paul died to himself. Before Paul was Paul, he was Saul. And he claimed who he was. He said, I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was injurious. That means he was harmful in his life. The things that he did in his life was harmful. He said, that's who I used to be. You see, the Apostle Paul was a true servant of Jesus Christ, and he bore the marks because of the man that he was. 
And the man that he was showed people that he was a true servant of Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something. Another reason that he bore the marks is because he wasn't the man that he used to be. What is so great about somebody who completely surrenders to Jesus Christ, before you can go somewhere, you've got to leave somewhere. And you've got to leave a life behind. Back in our text, he said, don't worry about circumcision or uncircumcision. Worry about being a new creature. You must die to yourself every single day. You must lose who you used to be so that God can make you who he wants you to be. And friend, you cannot get on that wheel so that he can mold you and make you into the vessel that he wants you to be till you're ready to leave something behind. And he said, I used to be a blasphemer. I used, man, I used to go and I would ridicule the Christians. I would kill Christians. I would persecute them. I was harmful in my life. And let me tell you, Saul enjoyed doing it. But one day he met God. And bless God, he didn't just change his heart. He changed his life. And every day he woke up and he died to that old man. Every day he woke up and he said, I'm not going to persecute today. I'm not going to blaspheme today. I'm not going to do everything I can to destroy the work of God today. But I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Every day he had to wake up and he had to die. He had to die every day. He had to wake up and have a funeral. And he said, you know what? Who cares what I think? Who cares what I want? Who cares about what I think I ought to do today? Jesus, what do you want me to do? May I tell you today that it would do us well to wake up and have a funeral every morning. To look ourselves in the mirror and say, you can't do it. You need to die. And it's not about what you want, but God, it's what you want today. Oh, child of God, may I tell you, it's time to die to ourselves. And what did he say? So that I could be a pattern to those. So that people can see Jesus Christ in me. Do you know why he bore the marks? Because Paul was not Saul anymore. And that's awesome. Little Blaine, you're not the man that you used to be. And it's not because of your power, but it's because of his power. And every day that you live to be the man God wants you to be, that means you've died to the man that you used to be. And it takes a real man to wake up and say, I'm done with addiction. I'm done with the world. I'm done with adultery. I'm done with this. Friend, the world, the whole world's going that way. It takes a special person, a peculiar person, to say, have all you want of it. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm, hey, I'm not worried about what I used to be because God's going to make me something new, brand new, every single day. And the bear the marks of the Lord Jesus is because who you are, and bless God, because you're not who you used to be. Whoo! Isn't the Lord good? Man, we went fishing this week, and we went to this, mar uh, this marine place, and the, the guy who runs the place I went to school with, and somebody said, boy, he's rough. And I said, well, I hate to tell you, me and him were best friends. And, he, and they said, man, I told him, I said, boy, I could tell you stories about him, but if I do, he may tell stories on me. And we had to go to this marine place, and I didn't really want to. And I just prayed that he wasn't there, because I didn't want him to tell stories. Bless God, he wasn't there. We didn't have to hear about my yesterday. 
But may I tell you, aren't you glad we're not the man that we used to be? And that we're not held down by addiction. And addiction and drugs and alcohol is not our God. But Jesus Christ is our God. And every day we can wake up and be that new creature in Christ because we died to ourselves. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. He said, I bear the marks, my body, of the Lord Jesus. Every physical picture in the Bible has a spiritual application. Every physical mark that he carried on his body revealed spiritually that he loved the Lord Jesus, number one, that he was sold out and that every day he got up and he died to himself. May I tell you, when you live a surrendered life and a selfless life, you will live a splendid life. You will live a life of splendor. It is a wonderful thing to die to yourself. It is a wonderful thing to go a different direction than the world goes. Because you will feel and receive and experience the power of God. You will experience things that you've never experienced before in your life until you die to yourself and surrender everything to Him. When I got on my face at 20 years old, I thought I was losing everything when I fell on my face. Little did I know, Brother Carl, that I was gaining the whole world that day. When I laid my life down and said, Jesus, what do you want from me? I've never in my life seen so much victory and so much power. Brother Allen, if I hadn't given my life to Jesus, I wouldn't experience what we're experiencing here at Promised Land. I wouldn't see the souls getting saved. I wouldn't see lives changed. I wouldn't see the power and the victory of God every day in the life of people. Every day that I get to serve Jesus is a wonderful day. It's a powerful day. It's a glorious day. It's a wonderful thing to walk with Jesus. And I'm telling you, you see things you've never seen before. But when Paul reverts back to the marks of the Lord Jesus, he points us back to the marks that our Lord and Savior carried and had on His body because Jesus had the marks. Before Paul had the marks, Jesus had the marks. He appeared to His disciples. One missed church that day. Hello? <clears throat> One missed church that day, and he missed a blessing. Notice verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails, put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I'll not believe. See, Thomas knew that Jesus had died. Jesus, Thomas knew that Jesus had the marks of a crucified man. And he said if he's alive, he's going to have marks. If he's alive, I know because I know that he died to himself. I know that Jesus was surrendered to the will of God. I know that He lived a selfless life. 
I'll tell you, we can talk about Paul all we want to, but the greatest example is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, surrendered to the will of God, surrendered to the plan of God. His entire life He was surrendered to the need of humanity. And bless God, He lived a selfless life, left the glory of heaven behind to become poor so that we might become rich through Him. Boy, that's a good God right there. Y'all can me in any time there. Boy, that's a good old God. He was surrendered and he was selfless. So he bore the marks that he was who? Jesus. Notice here. Well, I'm going to start chatting here in a minute. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within. Thomas with them came. Then came Jesus. The doors being shut and stood in the midst. Said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Boy, we get whining about our marks. We get on a pity party about our marks. What about the marks Jesus bore for us? Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said, My Lord and my God, no more conversation needed to take place because the marks were seen. The marks were unveiled that truly this was the Christ. In His hands, hold the scars to prove that this man was at Calvary. The marks upon His forehead was there to prove that a crown of thorns were put down upon his head. The scar was on his side where that soldier thrust that spear where the, the, the blood like water gushed out of his side. The marks were there to show that this was the Christ, the Son of the living God. There was no guessing, there was no wondering, there was no thoughts. He bore the marks that he was who he was. You know why Jesus is Jesus? Because He bears the marks. He's the only one that ever died for humanity. He's the only one that laid down His life freely for us. He lived a surrendered life. He lived a selfless life. And bless God, He lived a splendid life. And I'm telling you, because of what He did for us at Calvary, we can have a splendid life. But a dead Savior is nobody's Savior. Up from the grave He arose. Man, I won't start singing, and I can't. What a splendid life that we bear the marks of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that day Thomas was a-weeping and a-wailing because his master had left him. And he done missed church. And he said, there ain't no way he's back, and here he comes. He said, unless I put my hand on him, unless I feel. Well, when Jesus stepped inside, he saw the marks. He didn't have to feel. And he said, Oh, my Lord, my God. Oh, Savior. Oh, Savior. We get to glory land. We want to go see Mama. We want to go see Grandma. Man, we want to go see this and this and this and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. There's only one that's going to bear the marks. And we're going to worship for all of eternity because there's only one that bears the marks. And when old John was seeing where's the title deed, who's worthy to get the title deed of the earth, he was weeping and wailing and said, nobody's worthy. <laughs> and then he said, he looked around the throne and he said, behold, the Lamb of God.
the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Why was he praised? Why was he worthy? Because he had the marks. He had the marks. Because he had the marks, he was worthy to take that seven-sealed book. Man, and people started shouting. People, I'm talking about numbers, thousands upon thousands upon ten thousands upon ten thousands of thousands of thousands of thousands of ten thousand rednecks. I don't know how many that is. But that's a bunch. Why? Because the one that bore the mark was alive and well. And there for all of eternity, we're going to worship and praise the one that bears the marks. Child of God, do you bear the marks of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Are you living a surrendered life? Are you living a selfless life? And are you living a splendid life? We didn't come to a funeral today. There ought to be glory in our life. Amen. There ought to be victory in our life. If you're sold out to Him, if you're living selflessly, you ought to be living a splendid life. Whew. Man, we got in here singing today. You notice every hymn was on heaven. Choir specials on heaven. They got talking about getting to heaven in that new place, getting that new body. Praise the Lord. Getting that new voice. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm going to sound so pretty when I get there. But to think of a land that doesn't have the flu, to think that there's a land that is better than this earth can ever reveal. A land that has no cancer. A land that has no layoffs. A land that has no death and no sorrow. A land where there is nothing but perfect unity and harmony and peace and glory. You know why they call it glory land? Because it's a land full of glory. Whew. Oh, I'm ready to see it. I don't know about y'all, but I just needed a taste of heaven this morning. I get so sick of hurting. I get so sick of seeing families hurting. Folks, may I tell you today that we need to bear the marks of our Lord Jesus. We need to surrender our life and we need to live selflessly so that we can live in the splendor of knowing Jesus.